At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warm up for the low. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment, we're going to be joined by Justin Perry. He does a great job over there at Odds Checker, and I know that he's actually doing a little bit of an NFT event currently in New York as well. He does that with Momentum Rank. He also does some nice projections with Number Edge in the second segment. We are going to be chatting with him about just a few trends that he's been noticing in baseball in general this season that have been profitable for him, and then we're going to dive into Wednesday's slate. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Wednesday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. And you've got one or two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at junit underscore d1. Keep in mind, letters DM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please just send these into the timeline and the other ways via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. Then from there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Did wind up getting in one question with regards to trends on teams that they don't play each other often. Like, I know that someone was asking me if I make anything out of interleague trends between something like the Rangers and the Philadelphia Phillies. They played a two-game set this season, but prior to that, they had not played since 2017. And the very simple answer is no. Just a case in which... The last time these two teams wound up playing more than just the two-game set that we wound up seeing earlier this season, where it was in very early April, 
like 85 to 90 percent of the roster on both sides and both managers they were not involved in this game it's pretty much in case of which the only thing that is the same is the names on the front of the jersey that say rangers and phillies and heck I mean, even since the last time they wound up playing in Texas, the Rangers have a new ballpark. So it's really hard to extract anything whatsoever out of instances like this. When you get something with, like, the Reds versus the Brewers and the Brewers completely lighting up the Reds, yeah, you can make something out of that. Rays versus Yankees, absolutely. Something like Rangers versus Phillies, where the two teams have played two games since the beginning of the 2017 season. You really can't utilize those trends, in my opinion, unless if you've got, like I said, someone that has pitched in those games in the past. Like, if you wound up having someone that used to pitch out there in the AL West against the Rangers for many, many years, then you might be able to do so. There's nobody on the Phillies that really fits that bill. And, I mean, John Gray, he pitched for the Colorado Rockies for a little bit. But, I mean, pitching in the Colorado Rockies organization and facing the Phillies at Coors Field, much different than facing them at Globe Life Park. So, hopefully that answers your question. Now, let's take a look at everything that we wound up getting in Major League Baseball on Tuesday. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. Well, the DK Nation pick from Tuesday wound up being the bad beat of the day as you wound up having a game that was 2-1 to going into the top of the eighth inning. And if you follow the DK Nation pick, we were on the under. Three runs get put up by Toronto in the eighth inning with, I think, one ball leaving the infield. And then the Chicago White Sox, with no men on and two outs in the ninth inning, generate a pair of runs for the game to be able to go to extras. Looks like the White Sox are going to walk it off 5-4 to four to be able to get a push, but Bradley Zimmer makes an incredible diving catch to be able to send it into extras. And then you got the ghost runner in the 10th inning, and that just winds up making things very, very bad. If you wind up having the Toronto Blue Jays money line, which... I also wound up having, this was a terrible beat. 7-6, to six, the Chicago White Sox wind up getting the job done as Tony LaRusso wound up making some bad managerial decisions with the guards of the bullpen as Dylan Cease, I mean, he was terrific. Six scoreless innings, 11 punch outs. From there, he goes to Davis Martin and Jimmy Lambert out of the bullpen. Lambert winds up giving up a solo run going deep. Alejandro Kirk, he winds up being able to get his seventh home run season. Then you have Davis Martin, a guy that should really be a starter, giving up three runs in a third of an inning. From there, Jose Ruiz, one and two-thirds inning scores. Kendall Gray, Ben Vince Velasquez. They combine for three innings, giving up two under runs with the Ghost Runners. For the White Sox, they go six of 21 with men in scoring position. As for the Toronto Blue Jays, Kevin Gosman, solid start here. Does mind giving up seven hits, but just two runs in six innings. From there, Adam Simber gives you a scoreless inning. Amy Garcia gives you a scoreless inning. And Jordan Romano comes on for his third blow save of the season, giving up the two runs in the ninth inning. From there, Tim Meza gives you an inning out of the bullpen. He allows an under run. And Matt Gage, one and two-thirds innings, allows two ghost runners to be able to score. And that is the difference. So... That was a little bit rough. And for the Blue Jays, by the way, four-plus runs scored now in 15 out of their last 18 games. The Cincinnati Reds, well, they have failed to get to four runs and now each out of their last three home games after they had done so in 23 out of their last 25. The Dodgers take it to them 8-2. to two. Tony Gonsolin, I don't think should be a front-runner for Cy Young or anything like that, but I think that he deserves to be in the top five at this point. He gives up two runs over the course of five innings. Uh, did allow a pair of solo home runs. Jonathan India, first of the season. Alberto Mara Jr. is fourth, but then from there, bullpen was able to do the, their job. Phil Bickford, Bruce Hitter, Gratterall, David Price, Evan Phillips, I'll give you a scoreless setting in for the LA Dodgers. Five RBI for Freddie Freeman. He has not been able to get it going with regards to home runs, but certainly has been solid for the team as Will Smith. He got jiggy with it. Ninth home run season that comes off of Tyler Molly. You should rename himself Hickory because he got smoked. He gave up 12 hits, 
four runs, including that homer over the course of six innings, and then Revier San Martin winds up expanding his ERA to a 12-15, giving up two runs in one and a third innings. Might have actually lowered it. I'm not sure. It didn't wind up doing a lot of harm because it's just so bad. Luis Tessa gives up two runs while getting two outs before Darty Moretta was able to give you a scoreless inning, so the Dodgers continue to take care of business. The Miami Marlins, they took care of business against the Colorado Rockies, though. It was not easy. 9-8, the Marlins wind up being able to get the job done. They fell behind 4-0 on this one. They put up a five spot in the fourth. The Colorado Rockies rallied for three runs of the sixth to be able to tie it up, and then the Miami Marlins, they wind up being able to get a run in the eighth to be able to get it done as this was a game that was all over the place. Ryan Feltner, not a good start here. He gives up five runs, four of which were earned in three and two-thirds innings, including a pair of bombs going deep for the Miami Marlins. Jesus Sanchez, his ninth home run of the season, and Alvisio Garcia, he winds up being able to get his fifth, and then you wind up having from there a bullpen that is not good. Be Well, not good as Alex Colomay gives up a run in an inning. You at least just seen two earned runs, three runs in total in his four outs. He did wind up getting a pair of scoreless settings out of Jake Bird, and for the Colorado Rockies, they got a home run of their own. Ryan McMahon, sixth home run of the campaign. That comes off of Mr. Daniel Castano, who did not wind up having a good start. Four runs given up in three and a third innings, including that bomb. Jacob Bonus. he winds up giving up a run in one and two-thirds innings. Dylan Floro, three unearned runs given up in two-thirds of an inning. Richard Blyer was able to clean up his mess, and then from there, Anthony Bass, Stephen Okert, and Tanner Scott all wind up giving you a score of settings. The Pittsburgh Pirates, they wind up winning back-to-back games against the Chicago Cubs. 7-1 the final is O'Neill Cruz in two games up at the big league level. Now has five RBI, and you wind up having a pair of home runs in this game as well. Michael Perez was able to go deep. He winds up getting his third home run season. Then you wind up getting the first career home run for Bly Maris. So congratulations to him. As for the Chicago Cubs, it was Matt Schwarmer who wanted getting the start. Gave up five runs, four of which were earned. He doesn't look to be ready for the big leagues as he wanted giving up a run. From there, you wound up having Mr. Mark Leiter Jr. Light it up, giving up one of those home runs. Gave up just one run in three innings. Not a bad effort there. And then Brandon Hughes gives up a run in an inning. But for the Chicago Cubs, Patrick Wisdom, 13th home run season. A lone form of offense for him. That winds coming off of Ronci Contreras, who winds giving up a run in five innings. That's all home run. Anthony Bandit, two scoreless innings. And then Chris... Stratton and Yuri De Los Santos both come in to give you a scoreless setting in. For the Pittsburgh Pirates, I believe that that is, if I am reading this correctly, their fifth win from a starting pitcher this year. Might be number six, but darn near all their wins have come out of the bullpen this season. For the Seattle Mariners, they'll take wins however they can get them, and it was a relatively easy one in Oakland as they wind up getting an 8 to do as they wind up playing a little bit of home run derby in this one. Taylor Trammell, third home run season off of James Caprillion. The bullpen from there really giving up some bombs. And Eugenio Suarez, 13th home run season. Jesse Winker, fifth home run of the season. And then Julio Rodriguez, ninth home run of the season. All off of Austin Pruitt, who is starting to look like one of the more trustworthy guys for this Oakland AC about the bullpen. Now is an ERA of a 556 as he got an out, giving up four runs, three bombs in the process as Caprillion. Not a terrible start. He gives up two runs in five and a third innings, including that one home run from there. Kirby Sneed gives up one run in one and two thirds innings, and Adam Aller in long relief gives up one run in his two innings. And the good news for the A's is that they got a home run of their own. Nick Allen was able to get his first of the campaign off of one. Marco Gonzalez as Gonzalez allows that home run. Two runs in total, of course, of seven innings. But Eric Swanson and this name might sound familiar. 
Ken Giles giving you a scoreless sighting. We have a Ken Giles sighting, ladies and gentlemen, and we've got an oversighting in a Houston Astros game as two-thirds of their games have won under, but this one wound up being in over thanks to four runs in the fifth inning. 8-2, Houston is able to get it done as Trevor Williams winds up giving up three runs in four innings, including a pair of homers going deep for the Houston Astros off of him. Jose Altuve is third of the campaign, and you wind up getting Jordan Alvarez, his 19th of the season. From there, Adonis Medina winds up giving one up to Jose Siri. Siri, how many home runs does he have? He has three this season, and for Medina, gives up just that one run over the course of three innings. It was Jason Shreve who got chased in this one, giving up four runs over the course of his inning. Did have a pair of homers for the Mets, leading the National League in home runs is Pete Alonso, 20th home run of the campaign. That comes off of Jose Arquiti, and then Phil Maiton out of the bullpen. Allows one to Eduardo Escobar, his sixth for Maiton. He winds up giving up that home run in an inning as the Astros still have the best bullpen here right up there in the big league. Seth Martinez is yet to give up an earned run this season. He gives a scoreless inning. Brian Abreu, scoreless inning of his own as Arquiti. Lone mistake he made was that home run going six innings, giving up one run. So, another W out there. The Philadelphia Phillies got completely blanked by the Walker Texas Rangers. 7-0 the final as It was another great start for Martin Perez. He has given up two runs or fewer in 10 out of his last 11 starts, and I believe that he's allowed one run or fewer in nine of them. He now has a buck 96 ERA. Terrific start there. Matt Bush, Dennis Santana, Brock Burke. I'll give you a scoreless inning from there. And for the Texas Rangers, they were able to get the deep ball going as Kyle Gibson served one up to Jonah Heim. Ninth home run season. Then Jurisich Familia, Spanish for blown save, gives one up to Marcus Simeon. His seventh home run season. And he served one up to Cole Calhoun in his eighth for Familia. He got four outs, and he gave up four runs. Very fitting, gives up a pair of homers, now rocking a 5.55 ERA. Jose Alvarado gives you an out of the bullpen, and for Kyle Gibson, not a great start for him, as he allowed a pair of home runs himself. Six and a third innings, allowing three runs, two of which were bombs, as he also allowed a home run to Nate Lowe, was able to get low with his ninth home run of the season for the Philadelphia Phillies. Just nothing doing with regards to this offense. They got six hits, but they went 0-9 with men in scoring position. Lots of offense in this one. The San Francisco Giants go to Atlanta, and they get it done by kind of 12-10 to 10 as wound up having a pair of bombs for San Francisco's awesome wins. He was winning in this one. Three of four, including his first home run season off of Spencer Strider, and then you'd have Colin McHugh serving up to Jock Peterson. 15th home run campaign for McHugh. He winds up giving up just that home run in one and two-thirds innings. Jake Stevens in long relief. Not very relieving, giving up three runs to two innings. And Spencer Strider, not the start he was looking for. Six runs given up in three and two-thirds innings. You wound up having Dylan Lee from there. Go one and two-thirds innings scoreless, but Darren O'Day. O'Day, he wound up giving up two runs, and he didn't get a single out. And for the Atlanta Braves, they wound up having some home runs of their own. As Matt Olson winds up going deep twice in this one. Ninth and tenth of the campaign. Marcel Azuna goes deep off of Anthony DiSclafani. Thirteenth home run season. And Ronald Acuna Jr. gets his seventh home run season off of Zach Liddell. Liddell winds up giving up two runs in his inning of work. DiSclafani, his first start in quite a while, gives up five runs in three innings, including a pair of bombs. And then Olsen would also take Camilio Duvall deep, giving up two runs in an inning. But Dominique Leone a scoreless inning. Tyler Rogers, two scoreless, and John Brebbia, along Jake McGee, combined to be able to give you a scoreless inning as these two teams, the Giants and the Braves, currently the number two and number three teams for that National League wild card as of right now, and they're pretty dead even. So it's going to be interesting to see what winds up happening on Wednesday. The Tampa Bay Rays wind up handing the New York Yankees a rare loss, 5-4 to four the finalists. Isaac Paredes winds up getting three home runs in this one as he goes deep off of Nestor Cortez twice, and then he winds up being able to go deep off of Clark Schmidt. He's 
now got eight for the campaign as Cortez. He winds up giving up three home runs, four runs in total, of course, for four and a third innings. Other home run given up was to Harold Ramirez. His start of the season for Clark Schmidt gives up one run and two thirds of an inning. Ron Maricchio was able to give you two scoreless innings at Lucas Lukey. He winds up giving you a scoreless inning as well. Marwin Gonzalez gets a second home run in the last seven days. He goes deep off of Colin Pooch in what was a bullpen game for the Tampa Bay Rays. Pooch gives up two runs in an inning, but still gets a save as Jalen Beeks. He was pretty much the opener. Now what he was looking for, two runs given up in one and two-thirds innings. Everyone else did their part as from there you would wind up having seven and a third inning scoreless from Sean Armstrong, Matt Weisler, Ryan Thompson, Brooks Raley, and Jason Adams. So the Tampa Bay Rays wholesale approach does wind up being able to get the job done and the Washington Nationals. They get the job done in shutout fashion, three to zero. The Nats wind up getting it done behind Eric Fetty Wap, six scoreless innings. Kyle Finnegan, Carl Edwards Jr., and Tanner Rainey. I'll give you a scoreless setting from there. And Blaine Thomas winds up getting one in the lane. His eighth home run of the season. He goes deep off of Keegan Aiken as Aiken winds up giving up that one home run in two two-thirds innings. And Jordan Lyles was battling a little bit of a stomach virus a few days ago. Not a bad bounce back here. Two runs given up in six and a third innings. But Brown wants for the Baltimore Orioles. For it's no runs in this one. They just weren't able to threaten. If you, like me, wound up having the run line of the Boston Red Sox, this one was relatively brutal as Jonathan Scope in the ninth inning winds up going deep to cost you that one. 5-4 to four the final as the Boston Red Sox get the win, but no cover on that run line as Bo Bariski. He winds up giving up four runs over the course of five innings, including a home run surrendered to Trevor Sorey. One home run season, Christian Vasquez. will go deep off of Andrew Chafin. His fourth home run season at Chafin a loss, a run in an inning. You wound up having Alex Lang and Jason Foley both give you a scoreless setting. Tigers remain in the top seven with regards to bullpen ERA. And for the Tigers, a pair of rare home runs for them as you wound up having Rich Hill giving up to Avi Baez. Fifth home run season then. It was Matt Stram who allowed the home run to Jonathan Scope. Sixth home run season for Stram. He allows one run in two-thirds of an inning. John Schreiber got the final out of the game as Rich Hill gives up three runs over the course of five innings. So the Tigers, who are averaging 2.2 runs per game on the road, pretty much got double that with four. Ryan Brazier, pair of scoreless settings and Tyler Danish. A scoreless setting as well. And for the Boston Red Sox, I think that there's something like 16 and 4 now this month. It has been absolutely ridiculous to watch them and it was ridiculous to watch the Guardians. They went and taking down the Minnesota Twins. This by a count of 6 of 5 in 11 innings. Has had a pair of home runs in this one. Framo Reyes, who has not been seen in a very long time. His fourth home run season. Josh Naylor, his eighth as you wound up having the Reyes home run come off of Emilio Pagan for Pagan. It was a Pagan for him as he winds up allowing two runs in an inning. And then the starter, Joe Ryan, gave up the other one, giving up three runs over the course of six innings. Jarrell Khan scored the setting. And Yohan Duran has really turned into a good reliever. He leads the big leagues in terms of pitches thrown at 100 plus miles per hour. He gets two scoreless innings before Griffin Jacks gets jacked up giving up the unearned run in the 11th inning and for the Minnesota Twins, Luis Arias, his fourth home run season, he goes deep off of Eli Morgan as Morgan winds up allowing that solo home run. Two runs in total over the course of two-thirds of an inning. Aaron Savali, not a bad start here, giving up two runs over the course of five innings. And Yande Los Santos winds up giving up a run in one and a third innings. But from there, Brian Shaw, Sam Entiches, Trevor Steven, Emmanuel Classe. All give you scoreless innings for the Guardians to go to 35-28. and 28 And don't look now, but in the AL Central standings, the Guardians and the Minnesota Twins are tied for first place. So the cheese is a binding over there and something else that is closely knit and something else that is binding. The games are going on right now that I can't give you a final on because I have to have this up by midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern. So 
We'll be hitting Diamondbacks and Padres if I wind up getting a final along with Royals and Angels, but both of those games, as I do this, are in the 11th inning. You do wind up seeing, though, the St. Louis Cardinals take it to the Milwaukee Brewers. 6-2, the final in this one. It's Nolan Gorman, pair of home runs, 5th and 6th of the season as Chichi Gonzalez gives up one of them. And the Brewers have Chichi Gonzalez starting. Well, they have no other options due to injury. He winds up lying three runs in four innings, including one of those home runs. From there, Brent Suter and Miguel de Sanchez combined for three scoreless innings, And then it was Mr. Peter Strazelski. Hopefully I'm saying that one correctly. Who gave up the other bomb. Two runs in two innings. Give it up by M. Will Adamas. We'll go deep off of Captain Jack Flaherty. 14th home run season as Flaherty. He pretty much looks like an opener plus at this point. He gave up five walks in that home run over the course of three innings. Two runs in total. And then you wind up having six scoreless innings out of the bullpen. It's Giovanni Gallegos, Ryan Elsley. Both wind up coming in for two scoreless innings apiece. And then Zach Thompson, Drew Verhagen. They're able to give you a combined two scoreless innings. This is a game that is raging on right now as I do this. Royals and Angels are in the top of the 11th inning as this has been a game that has featured some really bad bullpen pitching. John Easley wound up getting the start for the Royals and he got chased a long, long time ago giving up four runs over the course of five innings including a pair of bobs going deep off of him. Jared Walsh's 13th home run season. Shoy Otani winds up getting his 14th and then he would go deep off of Scott Barlow in the 9th to send this thing to extras. His 15th as the Royals had a three-run lead going into the ninth inning, and they had a five-run lead a little bit earlier in this game, I believe, going into the sixth, and they have sent both of those straight down the toilet bowl. As for the Royals, you've had Jose Cuas give up a run in two-thirds of an inning. Amir Garrett and Gabe Spear combined for a scoreless inning, but Josh Shamo, he allowed two runs in a third of an inning. Scott Barlow, who wound up giving up that home run to Otani in the ninth. Three runs given up in his inning. Taylor Clark, Dylan Coleman, as it sits right now, both have a scoreless inning. And for the LA Angels, Reed Detmers, not a great performance here. Five runs given up in five innings, including a pair of bombs. Carlos Santana, who has been completely useless over the last calendar year, gets his fourth home run season. And Bobby Wood Jr. goes deep for his ninth and tenth home runs of the season as he went deep in the ninth inning off of Jimmy Harrogate. It was a ninth inning that featured five runs as Harrogate. He got God. He minds it giving up two runs in an inning. You had Aaron Loop give up a run in an inning. You've had Andrew Wants give up two runs in one and a third innings. Archie Bradley give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen. And Rossi Iglesias has come in for a scoreless tenth inning, but now they have to rely upon Jose Quijada in the eleventh. So Best of luck to them on that one, as this is something that's going on as I do this. And the Arizona Diamondbacks and the San Diego Padres decided to play some extras as well as for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Sean Manea was able to do a relatively solid job. He'll be able to hold them down. He gives up two runs over the course of six innings. And from there, the bullpen of the Padres did their part to be able to keep down the Arizona Diamondbacks. And Bell Crisbett, Luis Garcia, Taylor Rogers. I'll give you a scoreless inning. Stephen Wilson, one and two-thirds inning scoreless. And Tim Hill got the final out of the top of the 11th. And as I do this, the Padres currently 0 of 9 with men in scoring position. Really their main form of offense. Eric Cosmer gets his fifth home run season. That comes off of Zach Gallen. And for Gallen, he has allowed two runs or fewer. And now all but two of his starts as far as the season. An amazing start. He gives up that home run, two runs in total over the course of six innings, 11 punch-outs. From there, Joe Manette, Tipley and Noe Ramirez combined for two scoreless innings. Mark Melanson was able to give you a scoreless inning. Kyle Nelson, Sean Poppin, they combined to be able to give you a scoreless inning. And now it's Ian Kennedy in the 11th inning trying to be able to send this thing to inning number 12, which I'm sorry that I can't give you guys a final there, but... The West Coast games are not really complying with how long they are going on a day in which we wind up seeing a whole bunch of extra innings. And if you take a look at Major League Baseball right now, typically when you wind up finding extra inning games, you typically wind up finding these games 
going over the total. As a matter of fact, it's actually 69 overs and 67 unders with regards to extra inning games this season. Now you've got a couple pending that is going to be able to help out the over, but that I actually find to be very surprising because overall this season, we've got 498 unders to 466 overs. 51.7% of games overall have went under the total. And underdogs, they're hitting at about 40%. 607 and 405 is a standing for favorites, but they have been able to cover a lot at home with regards to the run line because home favorites, 377 and 260 overall, but we have now seen 114 home favorites not be able to cover the run line. Is there 263 and 375 when it comes to being able to win by multiple runs? And take a look at the last 30 days in Major League Baseball. 201 overs, 187 unders, so right around a 52% clip to the over and in that time span. Underdogs hitting at just 39.6% at 159 and 243. And among those 243 favorites that have won straight up, 185 have been able to cover the run line. So all but 58 of them. That's actually not too bad of a clip. So that's what we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now. And that's what we wound up seeing on Tuesday. Now coming up next, we're going to be talking to Justin Perry, talking about a few of the trends that he's been noticing in Major League Baseball. And take a look at this Wednesday card up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Jake Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have ticked it off? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas, the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and it is great to be joined by our guest, it's Justin Perry is doing absolutely tremendous work over there at Odd Shark, taking a look at the game we love of baseball. He does that also with Number Edge, as does a great job doing a little bit more of a look at data and simulations with regards to sports over there. And then if you're into NFTs, he does a great job over there at Momentum Ranks as well. And to be able to follow Justin Perry on Twitter, that is at his name, Justin Perry. Last name is spelled P-E-R-R-I, and then the number eight at the back half of that. And Justin, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me. Greg, it is always such a great time to join you on the show. Hope you're doing well. I hope that you are doing well as well. And Justin, it has been a great year of baseball in general. And just before we wind up diving into these games for Tuesday, has there been maybe a little bit of a trend or two with regards to maybe like a starting pitcher or maybe a team with regards to the way that they've been going under slash over that you've really been picking up on? Because I do think that with baseball, now that we're at the 70-game plateau, we are able to pick up on some of these a little bit more. Now we've got starters with more than 12 games under their belt, so we're able to pick up a little bit on this. Has there been a trend or two that you've been really taking a look at and you've been looking to backslash fade quite a bit this season? Yeah, so there's a couple that I've had some fun with this year. I found that in terms of playing money lines right now, it's been a little bit easier to fade the bad teams than it has been to chase the good ones. I'm talking about teams like, you know, Detroit, Oakland, maybe the Rockies as well, especially on these first five money lines, getting really to target some of the worst pitchers in the league has been pretty profitable for me. But a pretty interesting scenario that I've been looking at recently has been uh, taking a look at some of these unders after teams lose. There's some pretty solid cases for playing teams like Boston and San Diego after losses, both going under in more than 70% of games after they lose the contest prior. So that's been a cool one to watch. Some teams really know how to come out and lock it down after they take a loss. Boston, Detroit, even one of them, you know, they just don't score enough runs to go over a lot on their own. So just interesting ways to play that have maybe become more prominent this season. And to your point, the Detroit Tigers going into Tuesday, averaging 2.2 runs per game on the road this year. That is a historically bad offense, my friend. And 
I mean, it leads to something very interesting because we're seeing it for Wednesday. Tariq Skubal is going to be on the mound. Michael Walker, in recent years, hadn't been so great, but this year, barely over a two ERA, wound up having a complete game. One of his last times out against the LA Angels. Right now, you're seeing a total of eight and a half juice on the over. Obviously, this would be a little bit different if it were in Detroit rather than Fenway, but I think that this is a really interesting total. And at eight and a half, I think that it's too steep, even though it is in Fenway, just because Scoople's been relatively solid for the Tigers, sub three ERA, keeping the ball in the yard. And Michael Walker laid it out. He's been good, and it's facing off against the Tigers team that they can't hit anywhere. I definitely agree with that. It doesn't really make a difference for this Detroit Tigers team. You go and you take a look at their bats. They just don't have too many dependable guys, so many under this 250 batting average. The league's batting around 260, but the Tigers just really cannot be counted on to put the ball in in play in the big spots. They don't get a lot of opportunities. There are not a lot of men on base. They suffer from a lot of solo home run scenarios, right? Good teams put men on base and score big when their guys go yard. It's definitely a good point. I mean, like you said, they don't score runs on the road, a 9-18 and 18 OU record when they are away from home. So I agree. And to your point, Waka has been quite solid this season. One of the better pitchers to take a look at when playing first five money lines. I believe there has yet to be a game that he's departed where the Red Sox have been losing after five innings, which is a pretty solid win rate if you ask me. So I'll probably be looking to take Boston on the first five money line tomorrow, even if the price is a little steep. It's usually worth it to fade the Tigers. Yep, and the way to be able to fade the Tigers at a cheap price, for one, they have to be going up against a really bad team like the Texas Rangers, the Oakland Aisles, goes on and on, or two, Drink Scooble being on the mound, because right now, we're finding this at DraftKings at a minus 140. This is starting to get steamed up to closer to a minus 150 in a lot of spots. Clearly, money coming in on Boston, but certainly something to take a look at there, and shock, shock, surprise, surprise, this team has been getting steamed up with the way that they've been starting out. The New York Yankees saying out there in that ALE says... Right now, they find themselves in between minus 135 and minus 140 favorites against the Tampa Bay Rays with Jordan Montgomery going up against Shane Bowes. And even if you don't wind up having a play on this game, how are you gauging the Yankees moving forward? Because I mean, it's just historic the way that they have started out this year. 15 and 17 going into Tuesday. I think that there's going to be a little bit of a slip up moving forward because this is just a torrid pace. I don't know if even the 27 Yankees would be able to keep up, but I mean, it has been really impressive to take a look at. And Jordan Montgomery has been rock solid on the road. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Montgomery, I think, has been maybe one of the unsung heroes of how the Yankees have been this season. You go take a look at his game log. There are only two outings where he allowed three runs. There are no outings in which he's allowed more which is just phenomenal. Like that's really the type of stuff that a team like the Yankees really need to be able to take advantage of their destructive lineup. If you have a guy that you know, or he's going to go out there five, six, seven innings, two runs, really not much more regardless of the opponent. Like he's faced the Blue Jays a couple times. He's been put against the Red Sox already this season. Some of his matchups have been pretty easy. We know the Jays have struggled in the middle of the season already, but uh, they're turning it back on. But for the Yankees, I don't know. I don't know how you fade them. They did really well in Toronto recently. you got to take into account that they likely will start to say, hey, we're kind of locking up this playoff appearance. We know we're going to be the team to beat. Let's start resting these older guys. Stanton, we know, already has trouble staying healthy, and they want his bat in for those crucial games so they don't have a melt. This is clearly a World Series or bust team. Like you said, the offense is historic. Aaron Judge is having a monster year. 
DJ LeMay, who is obviously a lot healthier than he was in past seasons, really putting the ball into play well, continuing to play well. The whole roster, it's just, it's dangerous. Yeah, it's been really impressive to take a look at it. The duo of Anthony Rizzo and Aaron Judge entering into Tuesday, 44 home runs all by themselves. We mentioned the Detroit Tigers and how they've been such an under team thus far this season. Well, they're barely averaging above a half a home run per game as they've got 35. So that duo has nine more home runs than the Detroit Tigers as an entire team. That is impressive right there. As joining me on the podcast, another impressive man, Justin Perry, does a great job over there at Odds Checker. And we've got a pair of teams that coming into the season, we thought that they were going to be division winners. And I do think that this is going to be a fascinating case between the two of them. You've got the Toronto Blue Jays and the Chicago White Sox with the Blue Jays, a very slight road favorite with Ross Stripling going up against Lucas Giolito. And I think that this is one of the more interesting games on the board because with Stripling, he sort of has went from long relief to starter, back to long relief, back to starter. And he hasn't been great. He has been terrible. And then for Lucas Giolito, just the bane of his existence throughout his career has been the walks. But I take a look at Giolito, and he's honestly, in the last few years, been a little bit more trustworthy on the road rather than at home. A little bit of a curious spot here. And you are getting the White Sox at a little bit of plus money. I'm not sure where you wind up standing on this one, but I think that both of these teams, they could really use this one. And for the White Sox, I want to make them a little bit more of a favorite personally. I think that... There's probably a little bit of reason with concern with the White Sox. They had a nicer week in the last few days here, but they also just lost Yuan Moncada, who finally, finally, Greg, picked it up, right? Like, he had been struggling all season, puts together a solid week, and now he's out 10 days on the DL uh, with a hamstring issue, which is just devastating because they've needed that production so bad to help protect that lineup and get Jose Abreu some and on base in good situations. But I, I'm definitely a little worried about Giolito. I, I understand a little why you might lean towards making this White Sox team more of a favorite. Jays have struggled to produce as well, but it's just been tough for Lucas Giolito. I mean, that eight run outing against Houston on the 17th is definitely weighing on people's minds. It was not really a pretty performance. And he's also given up four and six in three of his last four games. Now, before that, it looked really nice. So I tend to think that you're probably going to get a price that reflects those recent performances rather than giving him credit for the beginning of the year. So I, I tend to agree. You're likely going to get a good price on Chicago, but the risk you're taking is, am I going to get Giolito's recent form or is he maybe going to figure something out and get back to the way it looked in April, in early May? Yep, and then there are just some starters. Whenever he's healthy, Steven Matz is the exact same way. You either get really, really good Steven Matz or you get absolutely terrible Steven Matz. And there's really no in-between Steven Matz where he gives up like three runs in six innings or anything like that. So there is a lot of volatility there. And those are always some of the most interesting guys to be able to gauge. As we do have Justin Perry. He does a great job over there at Odds Checker. He is joining me on the podcast. And when it comes to the Wednesday board, we've looked at some of the more marquee games, especially the ones out there in the American League. Is there anything that's really standing out to you, whether you're looking to target a bet for it for Wednesday or you just want to kick back and see a little bit more out of this team or starting pitcher in general? There's some really good matchups on Wednesday slate here. I'm interested to see how... Paul Blackburn continues to perform against the kid George Kirby for the Seattle Mariners. I don't know if you know, but Blackburn has been one of these first five inning studs, somebody who you just know is going to go out there and put his team in a good 
place. And the nice thing is with a team like the A's, you often get plus money. So he can go something like 10 and 3 in the first five this season and return 10 units, which is pretty valuable. And that's what he's done. So I'm really interested to see how this one goes. I've been watching Kirby pretty closely. He's a dynasty prospect in one of my big fantasy baseball leagues that I partake in. So I've had my eye on him really trying to evaluate how he's doing. And look, the kid is pretty electric with the command, but he's still, I think, needs to like learn how to throw a little bit more at the major league level in terms of using his arsenal. Like he has like one walk at most in all of his starts. It's been really cool to see such a impressive young prospect, but he's still given up some big hits almost every game. I think that could come back to bite him against an A's team that can get the ball out of the park. I don't hate the A's on the first five money line to try to watch that trend. If it worries you a little bit, something to look at. And Blackburn's just been really, really solid. That's one I'm looking at. And then I'm also interested to see if Gray for the Texas Rangers can keep it up against Zach Wheeler. That's looking like it could be a potential pitcher's duel through the first half of that one. So I'm targeting the under probably for that game in the first five. Yeah, to your point, a total of eight with Wheeler and Gray going, I think that that's a interesting spot because with Zach Wheeler ever since his first I think it's fair to call it three slash four starts of the year because he wound up having a little bit of a truncated spring training, one that was very touch and go. I think he wound up having both an injury and COVID, so he needed a couple starts to be able to work out the kinks. Ever since then, he has been absolutely terrific, and I'm with you. I look at that eight. I'm going to be taking a look at an under on that. I know that you're looking a little bit more of the first five, so different strokes for different folks, but we both have the same thing in mind with that. And Justin, I know that we've got on your mind is being able to make some money and I know that you're doing a terrific job just taking a look at the game of baseball day in and day out. And on top of that, I know that you're doing a lot of work with NFTs this week as well. If I saw correctly, I think that you're at some sort of a convention for it. So let the good people at home know how they're able to follow you on social media and everything that you've got going on in general. Yeah, we got some really cool stuff happening right now. We're actually at NFT NYC, which is a massive conference for what everything is, you know, trying to be built in this small section of the internet community that's going on. I live here in New York, so I'm at home, but everything's here with me. We have some really cool stuff going on at Moment Ranks. We're going to be rebranding in about a week, coming out with some really cool new projects that are trying to change the way we interact with people on the internet. I'll definitely be talking about that on Twitter. You can follow me, Justin Perry 8 as Greg mentioned earlier. And of course, Greg, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's always a blast to talk to somebody who takes the game in a similar approach as I do. I love the way that you do it. I love the way that you handicap. Always excited to come chat with you. And that's why these chats are always so great because Justin does an amazing job taking a look day in and day out on the board for MLB Baseball. And on top of that, just all the work that he winds up doing, it's absolutely terrific. I know that he does some work over there at Moment Ranks as well. Does a great job with simulations. Does a great job being able to break down the game. And every time he joins this podcast, delivers the goods and did so once again today. So big thanks to Justin Perry for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. They give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Wednesday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, 
But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beats and Family Podcast. Always a pleasure to get Justin Perry on the show. He does a great job over there at Odds Checker. And then on top of that, Number Edge. And 
those of you guys that like NFTs, he does a little bit of work in that realm as well. He always delivers great angles and analysis whenever he joins this podcast and delivered the goods once again today. So big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Wednesday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNN underscore 81. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, and any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. And as far as I'm seeing, we don't have any double headers or anything funky like that. So that'll be able to keep things all nice and in line. So how about if we start with this first game that is currently off the board? That'll be 951-952 on the betting board. These Slam Diego Padres, they're going to be facing off with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Due to Joe Musgrove being on the injured list, it will be Mike Clevenger who's on the mound for the San Diego Padres, which is why this game is currently off the board of Madison Bumgarner. He is going to be on the mound for the Arizona Diamondbacks. No numbers currently up on this game, but I've got an handicap of my own. I want to make in the Padres minus 168 on the money line, and with regards to the run line, I would need at least a plus 115 to be able to lay a run and a half there, and with the total, 7.5 or less, going to be looking at the over 8 or higher to the under for the Arizona Diamondbacks. They have been able to go yard quite a bit on the road thus far this year. They're averaging right around 1.5 home runs per game in true road games, but now you wind up having to go to San Diego. This is going to be a day game, so the ball is going to be flying out a little bit more than it would during the nighttime, but I do think that that's going to be hurting them a little bit, and for the Diamondbacks, this is still a bottom five team in terms of batting average in the MLB. You take a look at the starting lineup that they wanted trotting out there for Tuesday. You've got two guys with a batting average above a 248 and three guys with a batting average above a 215. So, it's a little bit of an issue because they're dealing with a little bit of an injury to Keitel Mark Day, David Peralta. It's been a little bit banged up. You do have Christian Walker. He's had 18 home runs as far this season, but he's also got a batting average of a buck 99. You've got Dalton Varsho, who's been able to 250 for this bunch. It looks like Marte has a good chance of being able to play in this game, so that'll help him out along with Alec Thomas, who's hitting right around 275. And for the Padres, they've been dealing with the injury to Manny Machado. He should be out for this game as well. But with that said, Eric Cosmer, Jorge Alfaro, both of these guys are at 280. In limited at-bats, Noah Mazzara, he hasn't provided a lot of power, but he's been able to get on base for the team. And Jake Cronin, Worth. He's hitting nearly a 300 over his last three days. Jerickson Profar has been able to get on base. So, got a couple guys that have been able to do a nice job now with the Padres. With having Machado out of the fold, they don't really have a single guy that's been able to give you a double digit amount of homers. And for Mike Clevenger, it's been a very interesting run for him because he was actually coming out of the bullpen about a week or so ago. He's been banged up really the last two seasons, missed the entirety of last year in limited innings thus far this year. 19 innings, three starts, and a relief appearance. The swing and miss stuff has been there. Right around 10 strikeouts per nine. Innings. He's only given up two home runs. The walks are a little bit over three walks per nine innings, but it's been nothing great, nothing terrible. Then for Madison Baumgartner, his walks are relatively okay, a little bit less than three walks per nine innings. He just doesn't get the swings and misses that he used to. Right around six strikeouts per nine innings. You take a look at what he's been able to do on the road, and he's been steady at 382 road ERA to a 313 home ERA. Problem is, he's backed up by a bullpen that's not necessarily so great. Joe Manette typically, he's got a sub one ERA thus far in shot popping, has been able to do an okay job, but Noah Ramirez has nearly a 5 ERA. J.B. Wendelkin has been unreliable. Ian Kennedy has been 
okay, not great, not terrible. And for the San Diego Padres, Taylor Rogers, a little bit of a high ERA, but 20 saves thus far this season. We've had guys like Luis Garcia, Craig Salmon, who haven't been great, but they haven't been terrible either. So, I mean, their bullpen isn't necessarily a ton to write home about. So this is a spot in which I do wind up saying the San Diego Padres, a minus 168 on the money line, plus 115 is what I would need on the run line. And seven and a half or less looking over, eight or higher to the under, 953, 954 on the betting board. The LA Dodgers hit the road face off against the Cincinnati Reds. Yes, we are on to Cincinnati and they're on to Luis Castillo getting the start for them and Tyler Anderson. He's going to be on the bump for the Dodgers. The Dodgers are between a minus 157 and minus 170 favorite between plus 145 and plus 150 is your price on Cincinnati. Your total is nine and a half. With the under, that is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 125. The over, that is anywhere between minus 105 and plus 105. And for the Cincinnati Reds, this is a top three team in the big leagues in terms of batting average at home. They've been able to do a remarkable job in Cincinnati. They actually had a run in which they had four plus runs in 23 out of 25 home games. That has regressed a little bit. And they're going up against someone in Tyler Anderson who has been absolutely amazing on the road. 8-0 record. I believe that that leads the National Leagues with regards to just total wins. 264 road ERA and six total appearances on the road thus far this season has allowed just two home runs in 30 and two-thirds innings and what has been really good for Tyler Anderson, the command. He's given up right around 1.5 walks per nine innings. Swing and miss stuff has been there as well. A little bit over eight strikeouts per nine innings and Luis Castillo began the year on the injured list in the eight starts since coming back. He's been solid. He's given up right around .8 home runs per nine innings. The walks are at three walks per nine, which for him, with the way that he's able to keep guys off balance because opponents are right around 203 off of him, that's basketball. He's actually been worse at home. He's been on the road with the guards at ERA. A little bit different than what we've seen out of him throughout his career. 450 home ERA, 270 road ERA. Problem for Luis Castillo is that he's backed up by the lone bullpen in the big leagues that is an ERA north of five. You just haven't really been able to get anyone online. Alexis, he has a north of four ERA over the last three days. He has regressed. Jeff Hoffman, he's to see a little bit of regression as well. Hunter Strickland is north of a 5 ERA. Tony Santino, when he's been out there, has been not great. Joel Kunal's a little bit up and down. And for the LA Dodgers, it's been the less heralded guys that have been able to do a good job for this team as it's been guys like a Yancey Almonte. Alex Vasio been able to come in for good innings because Craig Kimbrell, he's right now got an ERA that's north of a 4-5. Broussard Gradrell has been up and down. Blake Trine, he's been on the injured list. And for the LA Dodgers, dealing with the injury to Mookie Betts, has not necessarily been too terrific. But you do take a look at the top of the lineup. You've still got Trey Turner hitting a little bit above a 300 for this team. Freddie Freeman, the power numbers are down, but he's been able to get on base. Will Smith got jiggy with it yesterday. He was able to get a home run. He, Chris Taylor, both hitting a 250. You expect a little bit more out of these guys, especially Cody Bellinger. Along with Justin Turner and Max Muncy, just have not had good seasons in general, especially Muncy hitting a buck 60. The only time he's able to hit a home run is when there's an intentional walk in front of him. But you do take a look at what you're able to get on the flip side for the Cincinnati Reds. And it's been an offense that has been very good at home, including Brandon Drury. He's overall hitting at 270. He's been able to pound out 14 home runs thus far this season. And at home, he's had eight of those home runs, been able to do a nice job of being able to reach base. For Joey Votto, ever since he wound up coming off of the COVID IL, his on-base percentage is just below 400. Been a tough year for Nick Senzel, Mike Musakis, but do have a lot of guys to be able to get on base for this team. But you do take a look at this spot, and I do think that Luis Castillo is going to be able to give you a relatively solid start, but I think that Tyler Anderson is going to be coming out very strong as well. And then when it comes to Dodgers, their bullpen is just hands down better than that of the Cincinnati Reds. As Reds, they just give up a lot of runs, and it's a ballpark that it certainly does wind up catering to the hitters. I did wind up saying this total at a 9.6. The Cincinnati Reds have been one of the top over teams out there in Major League Baseball at home thus far, so I'm going to be taking a look at that. And when it comes to the run line of the LA Dodgers, you're 
comfortable finding them right in the pocket of about minus 105 across the board. I was one to lay up to a minus 115 in this spot, so I'm going to look to reduce the juice as I set the Dodgers more on minus 175 on the money line. So looking at the Dodgers on the run line to go along with an over. 955, 956 on the betting board. You've got the Miami Marlins. They're going to be playing us to the Colorado Rockies as Chad Cool hopes to be Mr. Cool for the Rockies and Pablo Lopez is going to be on the bump for Miami. Miami, a very sizable favorite. Anywhere between minus 182 and minus 190. Meanwhile, between plus 160 and plus 175 is your price on the fish. 7.5 is your total. The under is minus 120. And the over is even. And when it comes to Miami Marlins, was willing to lay up to a minus 162 here. So need to get past a plus 162 to take a shot on the Rockies. Plus 175. That'll certainly do it for the Rockies. They were able to jump all over the Miami Marlins yesterday. And for Chad Cool, he winds up coming over for Pittsburgh. And he hasn't been great, but he certainly has been far from terrible thus far this season. A 4 ERA on the road, 329 ERA at home. He's kept the ball in the yard, giving up right around .85 home runs per nine innings. The walks are a little bit of an issue. That has hurt him and being able to deliver a ton of length right in the neighborhood about three and a half walks per nine innings. Strikeout numbers are going to get right around six and a half to seven strikeouts per nine innings. But I do have some concerns with Pablo Lopez. He wound up being hit by a comebacker about a week and a half ago off of his wrist. First start coming back against the Mets on Friday. He winds up getting just completely destroyed. Now it was against the New York Mets, but seven runs, six of which were earned. And now all of a sudden, he's given up four plus runs in three out of his last five starts, giving up in that time span a grand total of seven home runs. Now, pitcher-friendly ballpark out there in Miami, and when it comes to Pablo Lopez, he has been able to do some solid work out there in Miami, though. His home ERA actually higher than his road ERA. 281 road ERA, 291 home ERA. Opponents overall, they're hitting right in the neighborhood about a 215 off of them. His walks have been solid, right around 2.3 walks for nine innings, but he's also backed up by a bullpen that it's not been great this year. Lewis Head, he wound up having a 1-1-2 ERA entering into the month of June, and it's now north of six. So that has not been too great. You've had Anthony Bass be able to do a solid job for this team, but Anthony Bender has been dealing with an injury. Richard Blyer, Dylan Floro, these guys have not been able to give you good innings for the Rockies. This is also a bottom five bullpen in terms of ERA as well, so been a little bit of tough sliding there, and a lot of these guys, like a Lucas Gilbreth, Robert Stevenson, they post up ERAs are like four or better at home, and then on the road, they wind up shooting north of six and for the Colorado Rockies, you're just naturally going to have some big home and road splits with this team, like C.J. Crone, for instance. He's got 17 home runs overall this season. Only four of them have wanted coming on the road. This is a team that they're hitting right around a 237 as a collective on the road that was going into yesterday. Going into yesterday, they were hitting more like a 280 at home, so you are seeing a little bit of a drop-off like Brendan Rodgers, and this is a big example of it. All of his home runs have wound up coming with regards to a home environment as well as the Rockies going into yesterday. Just 15 home runs and 29 road games, but they have been able to move the line, be able to get on base. And for the Miami Marlins, this is a team currently missing both Asu Sanchez and Asu Saguiar. That winds hurting their offense a little bit. You have had Garrett Cooper hitting above a 300 for the team, but Ore Soler, Avicio Garcia, Asu Sanchez, Miguel Rojas, Jacob Stallings, all these guys think at 225 or lower, you've been able to have Soler go off for 12 home runs. John Birdie is hitting at 275, but he's not necessarily an everyday player for the team. So with Miami, I just don't know if they're going to be able to provide a ton of run support for Pablo Lopez. I think that Chad Cool going to come out, going to be able to give a relatively solid start. And I do think that Lopez going to look a little bit better than he did in his last start, but I'm not willing to lay this big of a price with the Miami Marlins. I'm going to be willing to take the north of plus 170 that I'm currently seeing with the Colorado Rockies. Set by total at 7.3, so looking at these 7.5 under as well. We move on to 9.57, 9.58 on the betting board. The Chicago Cubs, they're going to be on the road. They're going to be facing off against the Pittsburgh Pirates as it's going to be Jared Eikhoff as Zach Thompson wanted getting moved to the injured list, so he is going to be getting the start for Pittsburgh. And then on the flip side, it is going to be Keegan Thompson who is going to be going for the Cubs. So we got robbed of Thompson on Thompson crime, but with that said, this is 
the game that is currently off the board, and I want to making it to where the Chicago Cubs are a favorite of minus 119, and total of an 8.9, which means an 8.5 or less. I'll be looking at an over a 9 or higher to the under, and I had to downgrade the Pirates nearly 40 cents for Jared Eikhoff, someone who he just has not made a start at the big league level thus far this season, and you take a look at what Jared Eikhoff has done at the minor league level thus far, and it has not been great to say the least. He has a 4-3 and record out there in Indianapolis. He's been posting up right around 484 ERA, giving up nearly three walks per nine innings. He's getting fear of the ninth straight guys per nine innings at the minor league level while getting up a home run and a half per nine innings. This is not a juice ball league out there in the Independence League. And take a look at what he wound up doing last year with the New York Mets. 869 ERA in four starts, five total appearances. He was not good there and just throughout his major league career in general. This has been a guy that has never really panned out. I think that he was like some highly touted prospect in like the 2010-2011 draft. Something like that. And then he just wound up being a big giant Buster Rooney. And you take a look at Keegan Thompson and things have really regressed on him. He wound up having about like three weeks ago a sub-2 ERA that is up to a 327 now. You take a look at what has happened in his last four starts. He has given up at least three runs in three of them. Now, his last start against the Braves, that was a gem on Friday. He winds up going six scoreless settings, but you take a look at what he's been doing on the road, and it certainly has not been as good as what he's doing at home. Buck 50 home ERA, 663 ERA on the road with five out of his six home runs. Give it up on the road. Opponents overall are hitting a 230 off of him. That balloons to a 312 whenever he is on the road, so that's a little bit of an issue. Good news is, it's not like this is a Pittsburgh Pirates team that's necessarily mashing, but with that said, Aniel Cruz has come up to the big leagues, and he has looked absolutely terrific for this team as he wound up having four RBI in his MLB debut. You've also had Brian Reynolds over the last 30 days doing a very nice job. He's hitting right around a 300 in that time span, and he's been able to up the power as well. 11 home runs thus far this season. You had Jack Spazinski get that three home run game. I think that that was a little bit fluky, but I mean, that's uh, Daniel Vogelback has seen a little bit of a dip with regards to his production. Michael Perez has been a little bit of an issue. Boy, Park has actually been okay, and Cabrian Ace, he's able to get on base for you, and for the Chicago Cubs. Being able to get on has not necessarily been the big issue for this team. You've only got two guys with a double-digit amount of homers in Wilson Contreras along Patrick Wisdom and Wisdom. I mean, this guy's strikeout rate is just absolutely ridiculous right now, but with Wilson Contreras right around a 400 on base, he's been solid. Guys like a Rafael Ortega, Christopher Morel, they've been able to keep the line moving. Morel sitting right around 265. You've got Rafael Ortega in that pocket as well. Nico Horner has been able to hit 275. Bottom of the lineup, guys like Andrelton Simmons, Jason Hayward, Alfonso Rivas, they need to be able to pick it up, but really, what is the issue for both of these teams? is the bullpen with the Chicago Cubs. They are now in the bottom three in the league with regards to bullpen ERA after they were in the top 10 through like the first month of the season. Scott Efres, he has really went down the toilet bowl along with Rowan Wick. You take a look at both of these guys over the last three days and both of these guys have had north of 470 ERA so things have really regressed on them. Daniel Norris is posting up north of a 70 ERA. Same with Alec Mills and for the Pittsburgh Pirates, you do have David Bernard who's been able to do a solid job. He's got a sub 2 ERA and J.C. Young has a little bit of a longer guy along with William Crow. Both of these guys have been good, but Ethan Embry has north of a 5 ERA. Chris Stratton does as well, so neither of these teams necessarily have two trustworthy of bullpens, but I do think that Keegan Thompson going to be able to give a better start than Jared Eikhoff, and more importantly, I think that he's going to give a little bit more length, because Eikhoff, he's made a lot of long relief appearances as well. I don't trust him to be able to go even four innings in this spot. Might be a little bit of a tough, tough task for Eikhoff, so I do want to say my total at an 
8.5 or less, looking over 9 or higher to the under, and with the Cubs, made them minus 119. We go to the DK Nation pick, 959-960 on the betting board. The San Francisco Giants hit the road face-off against the Atlanta Braves. Charlie Morton is going to be going for the Bravos, and Carlos Rodon is going to be on the bump for the Giants. The Giants are finding themselves in between plus 102 and plus 110 as an underdog. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Bravos, it's anywhere between minus 112 and minus 125. 8.5 to 9 is your total on the 8.5 over and under. Anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115 on the 9. The under is anywhere between minus 120 and minus 125. The over is anywhere between even and plus 105. And the DK Nation pick... Going to be going with the money line here of the San Francisco Giants. Made them a minus 114 favorite with Carlos Rodon. He has just been a strikeout machine the last few seasons, and he's going up against a guy in Charlie Morton that in now eight out of his last 11 starts, he's given up at least three runs. Now, his last start was actually a gem. He wanted going out. He fired seven squirrels against the Chicago Cubs. That was a very good sign. Prior to that, he had given up four, 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 and four runs in his previous four starts, many of which have come at home. So, that's been a little bit of an issue. You take a look at Morton overall for the year, a 5.08 ERA, and it's really been a case in which the command has not been there for him this year. Right around three and a half walks per nine innings. At home, he's only given up three out of his nine home runs this season, but he's still at home. 4.34 ERA opponents overall, throwing a 2.57 off of him. His strikeouts are still there. A little bit over 10 punch outs per nine innings. Carlos Rodon, he's been able to do a better job more around 11 to 11 half strikeouts per nine innings for Rodon. He's been a little bit worse on the road than he has been at home, but still, 3.38 road ERA. He's been able to get the job done there, and he's been able keep the ball in the yard, giving up four home runs in 73 innings. His walks per nine rate, a little bit lower, and being able to lend length here is going to be key, because both of these teams yesterday really wound up having to dive into the bullpen. Neither team was able to get a full four innings out of either of their starters. You've got a case in which both of these bullpens are taxed, and when it comes to San Francisco Giants, you've got plenty of guys who are able to get on base. Jack Peterson, Thario Estrada, both guys, they're hanging right around at 265. Awesome wins, and Luis Gonzalez are both hitting in that pocket of right around a 300 as well. You now have back in the Full Tommy Lascelles hitting a little bit above a 250. It's been a little bit touch and go for Evan Longoria, but just being able to get him back, that's big. And with Peterson, double digit amount of homers for him. And for the Atlanta Braves, this has been a team that has been mashing as you've now got Marcel Ozuna, who's been able to pound out 13 home runs. Batting average has not been there, but that's why you've got someone like an Austin Riley who's been able to for a right around a 255, 18 home runs out of him. Dansby Swanson, Ronald Cunha Jr., they have an on base percentage between a 360 and a 375. And I don't know if it's sustainable, but I mean, Michael Harris is second, or Orlando Arcia who have gotten time because of injuries. Both of these guys are hitting above a 325 with the Atlanta Braves. This is a team that they rank right around 8th to 10th with regards to bullpen here in the big leagues. They've been elevating a little bit. Dylan Lee has been able to do a solid job for the team, but he wound up getting used up quite a bit yesterday. It has been a case with Tyler Mazik has been on the injured list for the team, but been able to have some very good production out of A.J. Minter. Jesse Chavez is able to lend a little bit of length as well. So you do have guys like A. Jackson Stevens were able to hold down the fort. And for the San Francisco Giants, they've got so many bullpen games that they're used to needing a little bit of length out of some of these guys. Someone like uh, Sammy Long is able to give you like two to three innings. He's been rock solid with a sub three year. Like John Lynn Garcia along with Camilio Duvall. They've been able to come in. They've been able to do a solid job. John Brebbia, he's gotten a starter two this season in some of their bullpen games. He's been able to hold it down with right around a three-ish ERA. And I do think that Carlos Rodon just winds up outdueling Charlie Morton in this spot. I think that he lends a little bit more length and I think that that's going to be very key in this game and the San Francisco Giants just one of the best teams with regards to utilizing platoon splits. So, DK Nation pick here is going to be on the San Francisco Giants on the money line. I feel like they should be the favorite. And when it comes to this total, I think that we do have a total that has went up a little bit too high, especially with the way that Carlos Rodon has been pitching this season. So, my total at 
6.2. So looking under and the DK and H pick San Francisco Giants on the money line. 961-962 on the betting board. The Milwaukee Brewers. They're going to be playing OC St. Louis Cardinals. Wayno Adam Reinhardt is going to be on the bump for the Cardinals. And you've got Eric Lauer is on the bump for Milwaukee. Milwaukee has found themselves anywhere between a minus 105 to seeing as good as a plus 103 on them and then with the St. Louis Cardinals very slight favorites. Anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. Eight and a half is your total with the over. It is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even and minus 110. And when it comes to Milwaukee Brewers, I felt like they should be the slight favorite in this spot. Set them at as a minus 113 with Adam Wainwright. He has been giving up a few more walks this season than we've seen in the past. Silva's been able to do a relatively solid job. He's given up right around 2.8 walks per nine innings has really been able to keep the ball in the yard. Five home runs give it up in 79 and a third innings. Home and road splits. You've got a little bit of something. 340 road ERA, 268 home ERA, but by and large, it's been able to do a relatively solid job. It's the same Adam Wainwright that we all know and love. Many people are thinking that he's going to fall off. I disagree. And for Eric Lauer, he's been able to do a much better job at home than he has been able to on the road. 104 home ERA to a 514 road ERA. Now, I do think that things are going to be ironing out a little bit more. You take a look at last season. 312 home ERA compared to a 327 road ERA. I think that when it's all said and done, he's going to have a little bit of a home and road split, but he's given up just two home runs in 26 innings at home this season, 12 bombs and 42 innings on the road this campaign. What has been good for Eric Lauer, it's been the swing and miss stuff. It has regressed a little bit, but still right around nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings. And with the Milwaukee Brewers, your big trepidation with this team is that you don't really have a lot of guys hitting for average. You take a look at the starting lineup from yesterday. Nobody wound up entering into that game, hitting really above a 265. You do have quite a few guys that have been relatively consistent. Omar Narvaez, Victor Carantini, you're able to throw in there. Rowdy Tellez, Hunter Renfro, they're all hitting between, I would say, about a 250 to a 260. And with Rowdy Tellez, Hunter Renfro, Willie Adamas, they've all been able to pound out at least 12 home runs. Adamas wanted going deep yesterday. And Christian Yelich, he, Andrew McCutcheon, Jace Peterson, they're hitting right in that pocket about a 235. So you expect a little bit more out of them. For the St. Louis Cardinals, the lineup has been very good for the team. Brendan Donovan has been able to hit a 320. But Paul Goldschmidt was out yesterday. He is currently day-to-day. So if he does wind up playing in this game. He's probably going to be a little bit banged up. That's an issue. You've got Tommy Edmond, Nolan Arenado, along with Harrison Bader, only between about a 265 to a 280. Arenado he has been able to do a very solid job of being able to go deep. 13 home runs. We've had guys like Nolan Gorman, Juan Yepes, and company step up as young guys, but that Goldschmidt injury, that does wind up giving you a little bit of caution. And when it comes to the Cardinals bullpen, you have had a bullpen that has been relatively on par with the Milwaukee Brewers. If you take out the innings pitched by Albert Pujols along with Yadier Molina, it's a little bit above average. You've had Ryan Elsley be absolutely terrific. I think they still given up just one earned run thus far this season. Genesis Cabrera is able to give you multiple innings. Giovanni Gallegos over the last 30 days has been able to hone it in, but Nick Wickgren along with TJ McFarland, the veterans, have not been so great. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, they've now got Josh Hader back after he was on the paternity list, so congratulations to him. He and Devin Williams Williams still, in my opinion, the best 8th and ninth inning duo out there in baseball. And then getting them the ball. Brad Boxberger, right around a 240 ERA. Hobie Milner has been able to do a good job. He's got barely above a 2 ERA as well. So I do think that the Brewers, they are going to be able to get a good start out of Eric Lauer when he's been at home. He has been absolutely lights out for the team. And I think that they are going to be able to get just enough offense to be able to get it done in this spot. I do think that this is going to be a relatively low-scoring game set by total at a 7.8. I'm looking at the under. And with the Brewers, want to make them a small favorite. So looking at the career as well. 963, 964 on the betting board. 
The Chicago White Sox are going to be playing LC Toronto Blue Jays. That's Ross Stripling. It's going to be on the bump for the Jays. And Lucas Gilito is going to be on the bump for the White Sox. The White Sox are a slight underdog in the spot. Anywhere between even money and plus 112 is your price. Meanwhile, on the Jays, it's anywhere between minus 115 and minus 122. 9.5 is your total. Unders between minus 115 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even and minus 105. And when it comes to this Blue Jays team, I did wind up setting them as a plus 124 underdog. Just hard to have a lot of faith that Ross Tripling is going to give you much more than five innings at both of these bullpens. They're in the bottom half of the big leagues in terms of ERA, so that is an issue now with Ross Stripling. He was able to provide six scoreless innings against the Detroit Tigers about a week or so ago, but I mean, that is against the Detroit Tigers was able to do a good job against the Kansas City Royals, and I do think that he's benefited with a lot of his starts coming against lesser competition. He has faced off against the Yankees twice, but he's also been able to face off against the dregs of the AL Central, which has helped him out. Relatively good home and road splits, 304 home ERA, 352 road ERA. He's given up just three home runs thus far this season, right around 46 and two-thirds so he's done a nice job of being able to hold down the fort. Not necessarily much of a swing and miss guy. Going to be able to give you right around seven and a half punch outs per nine innings. Lucas Giolito, that is a little bit more of his forte. He's been able to get right around 11 strikeouts per nine innings. And it was laid out by Justin Perry. The fact that he has been getting roughed up recently. Four plus runs given up at each out of his last four starts. Some of those were unearned runs though. So he was a victim there. The big thing is he has given up seven long balls in that time span. One of those starts did wind up coming against Toronto where he wound up giving up six runs in four and two thirds innings on the road. But I do think that he is going to be in for a little bit of a bounce back and has been significantly better at home thus far this season. Throughout his career, he's oftentimes been a pitcher that's actually been a little bit better on the road, but 338 home ERA, 577 road ERA thus far. His walks, it is still a little bit of an issue. He's giving up in the neighborhood about four walks per nine innings, but I mean, really both of these bullpens are not ones that you're able to trust. And Liam Hendricks is currently dealing with an injury for the Chicago White Sox, so you still have Kendall Graveman, who I like. Joe Kelly, I don't like him. He's got north of a nine ERA. He has not been good this year. We know Lopez. He's not been able to prove himself as being overly trustworthy out there in the bullpen. Jose Ruiz, he's got north of a 5 ERA for the Toronto Blue Jays. They're trying to mix a match at this point. They wound up having to place Trevor Richards on the injured list. Tim Mays has been able to do a solid job along with Amy Garcia and Adam Simber, but now you're looking at Max Castillo for innings. That's not necessarily a place where you want to be. Trent Thornton, he's been a little bit of a hot mess. And you do take a look at both of these offenses, and they both have been able to do a relatively solid job of being able to fire on all cylinders recently, as for the Chicago White Sox going into yesterday, you wind up seeing them be able to play at least four runs in seven out of their last nine games. They now have Tim Anderson back in the fold. He's hitting a 360, but with the Chicago White Sox as well, it does need to be pointed out that this team has some very demonstrative home and road splits going into yesterday. They had just 36 home runs against right-handed pitching. That was tied for 27th in the league. And take a look at the way that they had lefties. 295 batting average. Against righties, it's more like a 238, so that is a little bit of an issue. But AJ Pollock, Jose Abreu, over the last 30 days, they've been able to hit both above a 300 overall for the year. They're both hitting between about a 255 to 265, so they're starting to pick it up. Luis Robert hitting nearly a 300, along with Sevi Savala, the backup catcher. And you've had Andrew Vaughn be able to do a solid job. And then for the Toronto Blue Jays at the top, Flagger Jr., Boba along with George. Springer, all these guys have been inning between about a 258 to a 268. All these guys, a double digit amount of bombs, including Vladdy, 17 home runs. Santiago Spenel has been able to get on base. He, Lord Escorial, inning between about a 272 to 275. But I do have concerns that Stripling not be able to lend a lot of length. And I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a bounce back here for Lucas Giolito. As a result, did I'm saying my total at an 8.7. I'm going to be looking at the under in this spot. I do think that Stripling is going to be able to keep the ball in the yard against the White Sox team that 
just really has not been able to supply the boom with regards to the home run ball. So I'm looking at the under of the White Sox. I feel like they should be the favorite. So taking them on the money by 965-966 on the betting board. The Detroit Tigers at third faceoff against the Boston Red Sox. Michael Waka is going to be going for the Sox. And Tariq Skubal is going to be on the bump for Detroit. Detroit in between a plus 120 and a plus 139 underdog. And with the Boston Red Sox in between minus 140 and minus 151 is your price. 8.5 to 9 is your total on the 9. Under is minus 120. The over is even on the 8.5. Over is minus 120. And the under is even. Even and I like this total under. We were talking about this with Justin. I wound up saying this total at a 7.8. If I didn't already use up this series with the DK Nation pick, I might wind up going back to it because, I mean, it has been really impressive to see how bad the Detroit Tigers have been at being able to put up runs. Going into yesterday, 2.2 runs per game on the road. And they've got nine home runs fewer as a collective than the duo of Aaron Judge along with Anthony Rizzo. Now, that speaks how great of a season those two gentlemen are having, but it's not going great there. As you've got Eric Haas, Jonathan Scope, Jameer Candelario, Spencer Trokelson, Eric Haas, Javi Baez. You're able to throw in there Mr. Cody Clement. I mean, the list goes on and on of guys are in a 215 or lower. I think that's Cody Clement. Sorry about that. Cody, but man, it has not been going well. Robbie Grossman hitting right around at 215 as well, so they've had their issues, and for the Boston Red Sox, I mean, you've got a quadrant at the top, hitting above a 310, and Jaron Duran, J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, these guys have been terrific, and Alex Verdugo all of a sudden, he's picking it up, he's hitting nearly a 250, Christian Vasquez has been solid now, guys like Trevor Sori, Franchi Cordero, you expect a little bit more of them, but perhaps the home run that Trevor Sori was able to get out of Bobriski yesterday is going to be able to help them out, and both of these teams have relatively solid bullpens, for the Boston Red Sox, it was a very brutal bullpen at the start of the season, but all of a sudden, Tyler Danish has been able to give you some nice innings. You've got Ansel Robles back in the fold. He has been able to do a nice job being able to provide a sub-3 ERA. Matt Stram has been a little bit up and down, but Tanner Oak, he's really been able to find his way after he had a little bit of a rough transition in the bullpen the first month or so of the season. And for the Detroit Tigers, just take a look at the bullpen pieces that this team has. Michael Fulmer has been posting up barely above a 2 ERA. Andrew Chafin has been a little bit up and down, but Alex Lang has been posting up an ERA. That's hovering in that neighborhood of two. Gregory Soto has been one of the nastier relievers out there in the big leagues. Will Vest provides a two ERA as well. So you've got a lot of guys that are doing a nice job of being able to fire. But with that said, you do take a look at Tariq Skubal. And I do think that he's going to be able to do a solid job of being able to keep the ball in the yard in this spot. Five home runs, give it up in 74 and two-thirds innings. His walks per nine rate, that over is right around a 1.7 as well. He's getting right around nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings. And for Michael Walker, I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression to his 228 ERA. He's given up only a home run per nine innings, but he is also only getting right around six strikeouts per nine as well. He's been very lucky with regards to the soft contact rate. You take a look at what he's been able to do in Boston this year. A 103 ERA in five starts, getting just 18 home runs in 26 and a third innings. I just don't think that that's necessarily too sustainable. So I was willing to take the Detroit Tigers as long as I was getting a plus 138 or greater. We have now gotten there on the Detroit Tigers. So I'm willing to nibble away on a plus price in what I think is going to be a relatively low scoring game. So my total is 7.8. So looking under and looking Tigers. 967, 968 on the bagging board. The Tampa Bay Rays are going to be playing us in New York Yankees as Jordan Montgomery is going to be going for the Yankees and Shane Boz. The Boz is going to be on the bump for the Rays. Total on this game is 7. Over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even a minus 105 with New York. It is anywhere between minus 135 and minus 140 on them. Between plus 120 and plus 130 is your price on the Tampa Bay Rays. And when it comes to the Rays, I needed at least a plus 130 to be able to take a shot and I'm going to take a shot on the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm probably going to wind up waiting on this because I do think that there is going to be steam coming in on the New York Yankees. And I mean, for Jordan Montgomery, he's been able to do a great job on the road this year. 3-1 record. He probably deserves a little bit better. 261 home ERA. 287 road ERA. In his six road starts, he's 
given up three home runs in 31 and a third innings and has really been impressive for Montgomery, both home and road, not giving up a lot of walks. Right around 1.4 walks for nine innings. Swing and miss stuff, not necessarily there with him. Right around seven strikeouts for nine innings, but he's been terrific. And for Shane Boss, first start of the year was not necessarily so great against the Minnesota Twins. Looked much more like himself in start number two. Seven punch outs in six innings against the Baltimore Orioles. He was on the injured list that wound up hampering him, so he has come back, and now it looks like the Shane Boss that we all know and love on the top prospects in all of baseball going into last season. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, they were able to find a little bit of power yesterday. They were able to get quite a few home runs off of one Mr. Ness or Cortez with Isaac Paredes getting three home runs, which that's just absolutely ridiculous. Isaac Paredes is not going to hit for three home runs in this game, but you do have a team that is able to get on base. Randy Rosarena, he's hitting a 250 for this team. Harold Ramirez, G-Man Choi, both of these guys hitting above a 280. You've had Yandy Diaz provide a 390 on base. The guys at the bottom, Paredes is one of them along Vidal Brujan, Tyler Walls, Brett Phillips. You're able to throw in there someone like a Josh Lowe. All these guys, aside from Paredes with his three home run game yesterday, are hitting below the Mendoza line of a 200. And as a matter of fact, they're hitting below a buck 75. And for the New York Yankees, you don't have that issue because you've got Anthony Rizzo coupled with Aaron Judge currently hitting a combined 44 home runs thus far this season. Now, Aaron Judge wound up getting the day off yesterday. you got to figure that he's going to be back in the full day. Still have guys outside of him able to get on base. Gleyber Torres, Giancarlo Santon, DJ Turner, Up LeMayu, all these guys in between about a 250 to a 265. You've been able to get some relatively good production out of Isaiah Canerfalefa. Not going to get a lot of home runs out of him, but does a solid job of being reach base. Josh Johnson right around at 330 on base. And for the Yankees, they did have to dive to their bullpen quite a bit because he did wind up having Cortez get a little bit lit up yesterday, but this is still a Yankees bullpen that they've got Clay Holmes having a sub-1 ERA. Miguel Castro has seen a little bit of regression, but you take a look at Michael King, and he has been a king for this team. How about the way that he has been pitching recently in his last five appearances has not given up a single run overall a 241 ERA this season. Wandy Peralta, he's got a sub-270 ERA, but the Tampa Bay Rays, they're able to match up with their bullpen as well. Jason Adam, a sub-1 ERA going into yesterday. Colin Pooch, a sub-2 ERA going into yesterday. They did have to use up Jalen Beeks as a little bit of an opener in a pseudo-bullpen game for them, but I mean, you even take a look at what you've been able to get out of some of these less than, I guess you'd call them, noteworthy guys like a Brooks Raley, a Matt Weisler. They've all been able to come in. They've been able to do a good job. If you need long relief out of Ralph Garza Jr., he's been able to provide that, so I do think that the Rays offer some value as a home underdog in this spot. I would need at least a plus 130 to be able to take a shot, but I'm willing to take a plus 130 here with them, and I do think that Montgomery is going to see a little bit of negative regret with the way that he doesn't necessarily get a lot of strikeouts. Shane Boss, he's still working his way through ailments as well, so I set my total closer to an 8, so here at the 7, looking over and looking at a plus price with Tampa Bay. 969-970 on the betting board. The Cleveland Guardians at the road face-off against the Minnesota Twins as Sonny Gray is going to be going for the Twins, and Tristan McKenzie is going to be on the bump for Cleveland. Cleveland is finding themselves as an underdog of an anywhere between plus 130 and plus 137. Meanwhile, if you take a look at Minnesota, it's anywhere between minus 142 and minus 150. 8.5 is your total over and under, or both at minus 110. And when it comes to this spot, I did wind up setting the Minnesota Twins at a minus 134. So I needed at least a plus 135 to be able to take a shot on the Guardians. And we have received that with Tristan McKenzie ever since he wound up going down to the minor league level last season. The command has been so much better for him. He started out last season in his first few starts, giving up nearly seven walks per nine innings. He's given up right around like 2.3, 2.4 per nine this season. Swinging himself is a little bit down, right around seven and a half strikeouts per nine innings. But he's done a nice job holding down the fort, has had a little bit of a problem 
problem with the deep ball. 1.35 home runs per nine innings, but by and large, he's been able to do a solid job. And for Sonny Gray, it's just been touch and go with him. He wound up making his first start of the month on Wednesday the 15th. So, I mean, he's just been started giving you three starts, and then he winds up getting hurt. Then he gives you three starts, and then he winds up getting hurt. So, that's been a little bit of an issue. But when he's been out there, he's actually been very good for this Minnesota Twins team. A 209 ERA at home has made just five starts, but buck 73 ERA, giving up two home runs and nine walks in 26 innings. He has been very good at being able to get swings and misses as well, right around 10 strikeouts for nine innings. You take a look at this Minnesota Twins bullpen, and it's not going to blow you away, but it's nothing terrible. Jarrell Cotton has been one of your more trustworthy guys. He and Yohan Duran, sub-250 ERAs and Duran. He currently leads the big leagues in terms of pitches of 100-plus miles per hour. Emilio Pagan is back after he wanted to deal with a little bit of an injury. You've seen a little bit of regression when it comes to Joe Smith. He wound up having a really tremendous start to the year. You take a look at him over the last 30 days, and he's been posting up nearly a 860 ERA. And Tyler Thornburg is someone that I don't have a lot of faith in, but that said, you do take a look at the Cleveland Guardians. And if you've got Emmanuel Classe, he's been able to do an absolutely amazing job for the same Sam Entages. Eli Morgan, they're capable of going multiple innings, sub two ERAs out of both of them. Brian Shaw has had a little bit of an up and down season, and Nick Samlin seems to be dealing with a little bit of an injury, but Aniel de los Santos has been able to give you right around a 2 5 ish ERA. And then you take a look at the Guardians with the lineup and it's been Jose Ramirez just absolutely lighting things ablaze. He's hitting above a 300. He's second in the big leagues in terms of RBI, 15 plus home runs and these have not been solo shots because the guys in front of him have been able to get on base. Oscar Gonzalez is hitting a 340. Andres Jimenez hitting right around a 300. Amid Rosario, Steven Kwan, Josh Naylor hitting between a 265 to a 280. That has been terrific for the team. Could use a little bit more power from guys not named Ramirez but this has been a Guardian team that has led the big leagues all season long in terms of few strikeouts on a per at basis and for the Minnesota Twins. You've got guys who are able to get on base for this team as well as Luis Arias. 440 on base, 360 batting average. He's been terrific. Carlos Correa hitting right around a 300 long to Gilberto Sestino. So these guys have been solid. Nick Gordon's been dealing with a little bit of an injury, but when he's been out there, he, Gio Urshela, Max Kepler hitting between about a 245 to a 255 and then Byron Buxton. He was banged up in the month of May. You take a look at what he's been able to do recently and it has been nothing short of amazing. Last 15 days, he's been able to right around a 300 with seven home runs. So he is really running into form a home run every 10 or so at bats. But with that said, with regards to Cleveland Guardians, this is a team that they do find a way to be able to get on. It's been touch and go with Sonny Gray all season long. I think that both of these starters deliver a good start, but I have a little bit more faith here in the Guardians bullpen getting north of a plus 135 one to take a shot here on Cleveland. And here at an eight and a half looking at an under as well. 971, 972 on the bank board. The Seattle Mariners hit the road face off against the Oakland A's as Paul Blackburn walks the plank for Oakland. And George Kirby is is going to be on the bump for Seattle. Seattle's finding themselves between minus 124 and minus 130 favorites. Meanwhile, with Oakland, it's anywhere team plus 110 and plus 115, with 7.5 being your total. Under is anywhere team minus 115 and minus 120. Over is anywhere between even a minus 105. And with regards to Kirby and company, I did wind up making them an underdog. I'm going to take the Oakland A's with the way that Paul Blackburn has been performing. I know that Justin Perry is very interested in this matchup, and I am as well, because with Blackburn, he has a 226 ERA. He has done it without getting a lot of swings and misses this year, right around six and a half strikeouts for nine innings. He's just been amazing at keeping the ball in the yard, and with this being another night game out there in Oakland, Marine Layer's going to be out. That's really going to be able to help him out, and it's been interesting because with Paul Blackburn, he's got a one ERA in eight road starts and a 439 ERA in his five home starts. He's given up all three of his home runs in Oakland this year. It is absolutely insane. Part of that is because he has had a couple day starts when it comes to his starts at Oakland, but still, I mean, this guy has been absolutely tremendous at being able to keep the ball in the yard. And then for George Kirby, he just doesn't walk a soul. 
Five walks given up in 43 innings. He has given up right around 1.6, 1.7 home runs for nine innings. That's a little bit of an issue. And he has given up four plus runs in two out of his last five starts. But by and large, he's been able to do a solid job for the team. He's got a better road ERA than a home ERA. 343 road ERA. Has given up four home runs in 21 innings on the road. But really past that, has been able to be a steady Eddie guy. And he gets some swings and misses. Right around eight and a half strikeouts for nine innings. Now with the Seattle Mariners, the bullpen has been having its issues from last season. Diego Casio. He's posting up north of a five ERA. Anthony Munoz has not been what this team was hoping for. Penn Murphy has actually been one of the best bullpen pieces for this team. He and the now off the injured list, Eric Swanson, both posting up a sub-2 ERA. Paul Seawald has been relatively steady, but for the Oakland A's, they now find themselves with a bottom-8 bullpen in the big leagues with Danny Jimenez regressing to north of a 4 ERA. You've had Sam Mall along with A.J. Puck both be able to do a nice job posting up sub-2 ERAs, but now you're looking to Austin Pruitt for innings. That's not necessarily too terrific. And both of these lineups are having issues. Oakland has had their issues all season long for the Seattle Mariners, they got shut out four times in their most recent homestand. It's just not too great. You got to feel like they're going to be a bust out of that a little bit. Julio Rodriguez, 18 stolen bases. I believe that that leads the American League. He's hitting at 265. You've got Enio Hino Suarez, Adam Frazier, both hitting in that pocket about a 225 to a 230 with Suarez. He's been able to get on base. You just expect a little bit more out of Mr. Frazier. Ty France has been able to do a solid job. 45 RBI hitting a 315. And for J.P. Crawford, overall for the season, he's sitting right in that neighborhood about a 285, but he's been seeing that regressive more around a 260 over the last 30 days. This is just a team that in general is in a funk, and you could really use Jesse Winker picking up his two-time batting average. And for the Oakland A's, you got one guy that is sitting above a 250 for the team, and it's a man that has seen 20 at-bats going into Tuesday in Jonah Bride. That is it. Anyone that has seen above 20 at-bats are hitting below a 250 for the team. Now, Ramon Laureano has been able to hit right around a 240. Chad Pinder, Christian Bethencourt, they're hitting right around about a 245-ish, but you don't have a single guy that's given you more than eight home runs this season as Sean Murphy along Seth Brown. They're both in that vein, but both of these guys are hitting below a 220. Sheldon Noisy after a good start to the year. He has really regressed right-handed pitching, left-handed pitching, home road. It doesn't matter. Oakland has stunk being able to hit just about anyone in general, but with that said, I do think that they're going to be able to bust out a little bit more. Both of these teams have been relatively bad with their bullpen, and I think that you've got a little bit of an underrated good pitching matchup here with Kirby versus Blackburn. So I did what I'm saying my total at 7.3. I'm looking at the under in this spot. I do think that Blackburn winds up outdueling George Kirby a little bit more in this spot with it being a little bit of a home game. So this is a spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at the plus price with Oakland, and I'm going to be taking a look at the under. 973, 974 on the betting board. The LA Angels, they're going to be playing also Kansas Royals as Daniel Lynch is going to be on the bump for the Royals and Joey Otani is on the bump for the Halos. Angels find themselves anywhere between minus 205 and minus 220. I might as well just give you the run line here as well. That is anywhere between even money and minus 110. If you're looking to lay a run and half and for the Royals, anywhere between plus 175 and plus two dollars is your price. Eight is your total over and under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. And set the Angels at a minus 224 on the money line, willing to lay up to a minus 125 on the run line. We're going to be taking a look at the Angels. The Royals, and the Oakland A's currently have the worst win percentage on their in Major League Baseball, and I don't think that it's going to get any more rosy in this one as Daniel Lynch might want to rename himself Hickory because he has been getting smoked recently. 620 Omiere has been better on the road. 446 road ERA, but I mean, you just take a look at this guy, and he's given up three and a half walks per nine innings. Opponents are getting 277 off of him. To his credit, he's getting a little bit over nine strikeouts per nine innings, but he's given up at least four runs to three out of his last four starts, and the lone outlier was when he wound up facing off against the Oakland A's. That one driving up his numbers, so good for him on that, but certainly has not been going great for him and for Shoei Otani. This man has 
been absolutely tremendous when pitching at home in recent years. As he's got this year a 314 home ERA. If you combine last year and this year, it's been more like a 250 ERA at home. He's actually been significantly better on the road this season, but has been giving up the deep ball a little bit, right around 1.3 home runs per nine innings. But the walks, that is way down. Two walks per nine innings. Opponents are getting a 222 off of him. He's getting right around 11 strikeouts per nine innings. And the good news for him is that the Kansas City Royals, they don't have a lot of matchers on their team. Salvador Perez is the only guy with more than eight home runs on this roster. He's hitting just a 212. Whit Merrifield has been stuck in the mud all season long. He, along with Kyle Isabel and Bobby Witt Jr., throwing between about a 230 to a 240. You've got a couple guys getting on base. MJ Melendez, along Thunder Dozier, in that pocket, about a 250 to a 260. Michael A. Taylor is able to get on base, but Carlos Santana, really since the All-Star break last season, has been the most useless bat in baseball. And for the LA Angels, got a quadrant of guys who have been able to give you at least 11 home runs. Taylor Ward has 11. Jared Walsh has 12. Shoei Otani has 13. And Mike Trout, he's been able to give you 21. And with Trout, he's hitting a 290 for this bunch. Taylor Ward, ever since he's come off the injured list, has opened himself when he went on the IL. He had right around a 460-ish on base in his last 30 days. He's been hitting more around a 210, but he seems to be starting to pick it up back up a little bit more. You've had Matt Duffy be able to give you some on base percentage. He's sitting right around 270. Brandon Marsh has been okay for this team as well. Really, with both of these teams, bullpen has been ghastly bad. Ryan Tapera, Rossiel Iglesias throwing their Aaron Loop, the 6th, 7th, and 8th inning guys for this LA Angels team. They are all posting up ERAs that are currently north of a 4. That is not what you want. You've had Andrew Warren post up a 4 ERA. Alvaro Ortega has been touching go. Jimmy Arrogate has actually been okay for this team, but this has not been a good bullpen. And then for the Kansas City Royals, Josh Jamont over the last, we'll call it 35 days, has been able to post up right around 3 ERA. Scott Barlow has a sub-2 ERA, but I mean Taylor Clark has been terrible. He's got a 5 ERA. I have no idea why they signed Amir Garrett. He has been awful for this team. Jose Kuas has actually been solid. Ruth right around a 2 ERA, but now you're placing your faith in Daniel Bengden being a little bit of a long guy. That's not necessarily where you want to be, and I do think that Shoei Otani going to be able to deliver a great start. Daniel Lynch, I think, is going to get lit up once again in this spot, so I did wind up making the Angels minus 224 on the money line, on the run line. I'm going to be willing to take that as I was willing to lay up to a minus 125, and I do think that the Angels going to be able to get to the Royals in this spot, just both Lynch and the bullpen set my total at 80.3, so looking over and looking at the Angels on the run line, 975-976 on the bang board. The Houston Astros are going to be playing us in New York Metropolitans as Carlos Carrasco is going to be on the bump for the Mets, and you've got Luis Garcia on the bump for Houston. Houston is finding themselves between minus 125 and minus 131. Meanwhile, your plus price with the Metropolitans, anywhere team plus 110 and plus 121, 8.5 is your total. Over is minus 115. The under is minus 105, and when it comes to Houston, do you mind saying them a favorite of minus 153? So I'm going to be willing to lay it when it comes to Luis Garcia. He's actually been worse at home than he has been on the road last season. A little bit of a reversal from what we wound up seeing in 2021 where he was dominant at home on the road. Couldn't really find it. And the big thing for Luis Garcia has been the deep ball. He has been giving up right around 1.6 home runs per nine innings, which is why he's got a 5.14 home ERA compared to a road ERA of a 2.13 because he's allowed 7 out of his 12 home runs at home, and that's in just 28 innings. Opponents overall are hitting just a 2.02 off of him. Walks aren't too bad. He's been giving up right around 2.5 walks per nine innings, but just been the home run ball that has been killing him. And then for Mr. Cookie Carrasco, he's done a good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. Right around two walks per nine innings. He's given up in the pocket of about .75 home runs per nine, but he has been giving up some runs recently. Three plus runs given up in three out of his last five starts, and it's really been on the road. 518 road ERA, three home ERA with four out of his six home runs given up on the road. Opponents overall are hitting a 291 off of him when he is on the road, so that's been a little bit unsightly. And for the New York Mets, they just don't have the same bullpen that the Houston Astros does because nobody has the same bullpen as the Astros. They're currently number one, the Houston Astros are, in terms of bullpen ERA now with the Mets. You do have a couple guys that are able to come on. They're able to give you
give you some good innings. Drew Smith has been able to provide right around a two ERA out of the bullpen. Edwin Diaz has been relatively solid, but take a look at Jason Shreve, Adonis Medina, Joey Rodriguez. These guys have north of four ERAs in them for the Houston Astros. I don't think that Ryan Sanic having a sub one ERA is necessarily something that is sustainable. Rafael Montero has a two ERA as well. I don't know if he's going to be able to continue that, but Brian Abreu has been solid. Seth Martinez has yet to allow a run, and he's won 16 innings, so he's been able to do a solid job. And for the Houston Astros, you still have the boom squad of this team as Jose Altuve has been able to provide a double-digit amount of homers. He's still doing a good job hitting right around 275. Michael Brantley right around at 375 on base for this bunch. Alex Bregman needs to pick it up. He, Yoli Gurriel, Elamendi, Ciaz, Jose Siri, Chaz McCormick. These guys are hitting a 225 or lower, but you're noticing that Mauricio Dubon is starting to pick it up. Jordan Alvarez, 19 home runs, 400 on base. He has been incredible for the scene. Kyle Tucker has a double-digit amount of bombs. He has a 350 on base, and for the New York Mets, leads the big leagues in terms of batting averages. Brandon Nimmo, Starling Marte, Pete Alonso are all in between a 272-280. Alonso led the league in home runs on the road last season. His 19 home runs and towards the top of the National League this season. Luis Galorme, along with Jeff McNeil, are both hitting well above a 3-iron. Mark Hanna, he's been able to provide right around a 380 on base, so I do take a look at this spot, and I think that it's intriguing because you've got a Mets team that they don't necessarily have a ton of power outside of Pete Alonso, but they just consistently move the line. But this is an Astros team that, with that bullpen, they've been the number one team in the big leagues in terms of underrate. I think that Luis Garcia is going to figure it out a little bit more at home, and I think that Carlos Carrasco is going to be able to give a relatively solid start, but I trust in this Astros bullpen. I want to send them as a result closer to a minus 150 favorite, and we made total in 8.2. So I'm looking under, and I'm looking at Astros. 977, 978 on the bank board. The Philadelphia Phillies are going to be on the road against the Texas Rangers. 55 Shades of John Gray is on the bump for the Rangers. And Zach Wheeland and Dylan Wheeler is on the bump for Philly. Philadelphia Phillies are between a minus 132 and minus 145 favorite. Plus 122 and plus 129 is your price on the Texas Rangers. Eight is your total over and under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. Seeing a straight 7.5 out there as well. On the 7.5, over is minus 115 and the under is minus 105. And when it comes to the Walker Texas Rangers, I needed at least a plus 140 to be able to take a shot here. So seeing a lot of these minus 132s, minus 135s, I'm going to be willing to take the Philadelphia Phillies with Zach Wheeler. If you take out his first three starts of the season, he's got a sub to ERA. He has been absolutely magnificent with that regard. Now, you've got one trepidation with him. On the road in five starts, 450 road ERA, so that has been a little bit of an ailment for him, but he's giving up fewer than two walks per nine innings. Three home runs given up across 12 starts and 70 and a third innings. His strikeouts per nine rate is 10. This guy's been masterful ever since he ramped up to begin the season, and John Gray, he's been able to do a little bit of a better job recently, getting swings and misses. Six plus strikeouts in three out of his last four starts. In those starts, he allowed more than one run in just one of them, so he's been able to really rein it in, but you don't know whether you're going to get good John Gray or you're going to get bad John Crayas. He has given up four plus runs in three out of his last seven starts, and then you wound up having three of those other starts where he gave up zero or one. He wound up having a straight two along the way, so he has been very volatile this season, and for John Gray, been a little bit better at home. 355 home area, 447 road area. He's really been able to keep the ball in the yard. Five home runs given up in 59 innings. Strikeouts per nine rate that's hovering right around a nine and a half, and he's backed up by a bullpen that's been able to do a good job. Brock Burke has a sub two ERA. You've been able to have Matt Moore come out of the bullpen, and he's been able to give you more. He's been able to provide a 237 ERA. Joe Barlow's had a little bit of a rough go of it recently, but still has been able to do a solid job. Matt Bush is someone that I don't necessarily have a lot of faith in, but by and large, it's been a better-than-average bullpen out there in the big leagues and the Phillies. They're a little bit below average in terms of their bullpen, though you do have Connor Brogdon posting up a sub-2-5 ERA, right, and Corey Knable. These guys are relatively trustworthy, and past that, you do have a couple guys that they have you holding your breath. Nick Nelson has nearly a 5 ERA. Jurisic Familia has picked it up 
up recently, but it's still not been great for him. Jose Alvarado has been absolutely terrible, but for this Philadelphia Phillies lineup, got a pair of guys with 15-plus home runs and Kyle Schwarber along with Bryce Harper. Harper has been able to hit above a 300 and has been out in recent days. Probably going to wind up missing this game as well, but Schwarber right around a 345 on base. And then you've got a lot of guys in the middle hitting between, I would say, about a 242 to a 255. Yuan Camargo, Reese Hoskins, Nick Cassianos, JT Riomuto, Alec Bohm, all in that fold. And for Hoskins, he's really been able to pick it up over the last 30 days. You take a look at him, and he has been hitting right around 275 in that time span. And if you want to go a little bit more hyperactive, last 15 days, five home runs and a 380 batting average in that time span. So he has been terrific. And for the Texas Rangers, Adel Lee Garcia over the last 30 days, he's been able to go deep seven times. He's been able to hit above a 300 overall for the year, hitting about a 250. So he's been able to pick it up. You need more out of Marcus Simeon along with Corey Seager. These two guys throw in there, Cole Calhoun as well. They're all in between about a 220 to a 230 with Seager. He has been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers. And for Marcus Simeon, just six bombs as far this season, but all six of those home runs have come in the last 30 days. So he's been able to pick it up a little bit more recently. The catcher spot with guys like Jonah Heim along with Sam Huff. They've been able to do a relatively okay job for this team. And you do have Nate Lowe hitting at 275, but I do think that Zach Wheeler can be able to silence the bats. Do like the way that John Gray has been able to get swings and misses, but have a little bit more faith in the Phillies, even with Bryce Harper, a little bit banged up, being able to get it done with regards to their bats. Set my total at 7.9, so looking at the 8-under and one to life to a minus 140 here with the Phillies. And we wrap things up with 979-980 on the betting board. The Baltimore Orioles play to the Washington Nationals as Patrick Corbin. It's going to be going for the Nets, and Tyler Wells is on the bump for Baltimore. Baltimore is between a minus 130 and a minus 137 favorite. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Washington, anywhere between plus 115 and plus 127 is your price. Nine and a half is your total. Unders anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The overs anywhere between even and minus 105. I was willing to lay up to a minus 136 with Baltimore, so between minus 130 and minus 135 is the max I'm willing to lay, but I am willing to lay it with Patrick Corbin. It's just been a no good, really bad, terrible year for him as the team has just not been able to perform well whenever he's taken the mound. In the losses that they've taken whenever he's been out there, all but one of them have been by multiple runs. He's got a 3-9 and nine record overall. The team has seen him start in 14 games overall this season. They've been able to pull out wins in three of them. They've got one loss by one run, and then the other 10, they lost by multiple runs. So, it has not been too terrific there. He's got a 6.59 ERA, and it's even worse on the road. A 7.47, a Boeing 7.47 on the road as he has given up 11 home runs thus far this season in 69 and a third innings. And, and it's not like he's been getting, like, no swings and misses, right around seven strikeouts per nine innings, walks per nine rate, a little bit above three. You take a look at the ancillary numbers, and they're not overly terrible. He's just getting hit, and he's getting hit hard. Opponents are getting a 319 off of him, and then for Mr. Wells, he was actually a bullpen piece last season for the Baltimore Orioles, and he's really been able to come into his own. Three runs or fewer given up in each out of his last five starts, and I believe that he's had just two starts this season, which he's a lot more than three runs. Overall, he has been giving up a little bit too much hard contact, giving up right around 1.4 home runs per nine innings, but you take a look at the way that he has been able to perform at home. 266 home in his five starts. He's given up three home runs in 23 and two-thirds innings, but the walks have been kept down by him. He's given up right around 1.8 to 1.9 walks per nine innings. Opponents are buck ninety-five off of him at home, and he's backed up by a bullpen that is in the top seven of the big leagues in terms of ERA. All these guys have an ERA currently that is two or lower. Dylan Tate, Nick Vespi, 
Orde Lopez, Cienal Perez, Felix Bautista, and then you've even got on top of that Keegan Aiken, a long guy providing a 250 ERA. Joey Creeble has been relatively solid now with the Baltimore Orioles. The offense has been a little bit touch and go, but all of a sudden you've got more guys being able to get on base. Cedric Mullins has been able to provide a little bit more in recent days overall for the season, hitting right around a 240 to a 245, but Trey Boomo Mancini throwing their Austin the Sayers kid and Ryan Mountcastle, they're all hitting between about a 270 to a 285. Double-digit amount of homers for Ryan Mountcastle. Now, the bottom lineup with guys like Ore Mateo, Rudet Odora, Edley Rushman, Tyler Nevin. When he's out there, Calvin Gutierrez. These guys hitting at 215 or lower. They need to improve that. Though Odor has been able to give this team a couple homers. And the Nationals are actually a top-six team in the big leagues with regards to batting average. Yadiel Hernandez, Cesar Hernandez, Mikel Franco... Kibera Wees, all these guys have been able to between about a 255 to a 270, and you've been able to get a lot recently out of Luis Garcia, hitting above a 340. Nelson Cruz, he's hitting a 250 overall for the season, and his power numbers are down to seven home runs this far this season, but I mean, take a look at him over the last three days. 414 on base, 330 batting average, so he's been able to move the line. Juan Soto's actually been a little bit of an issue for this team. Hitting just a 215, the on-base percentage has been there. He's got 14 home runs, but you expect a little bit more out of him, and this Washington Nationals bullpen is not good, to say the least. Kyle Finnegan has been all over the place this season. I mean, Carl Edwards Jr. has been one of your more trustworthy bullpen pieces. Steve Ciszek, he's got north of a 4 ERA. Reed Garrett is now a guy that you're looking to for innings. Erasmo Ramirez is a long guy with right around a 4-5 ERA, so that has been not necessarily so great with the Orioles. I do think that they should be able to get to Patrick Corbin, but with the new dimensions out there in Baltimore, I think that it's going to be able to hold a ball or two in the yard that will prevent this one from going over semi-total at 9.1, so a 9.5 looking under and one to lay up to a minus 135 year with Baltimore, and that will wrap things up for the Wednesday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. Big thanks to Justin Perry over there at Odds Checker for joining me in the last segment. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you've heard this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First point is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore one. Keep in mind, letters EM, Amy does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, which means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. 
Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.